Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away what up y'all we are back and i wanted to start out by talking about this elijah dickens story the indiana concealed carry mall Armed security, I guess we'll call him armed good bystander, armed bystander. Oh, yeah, don't call him armed security. No, he's not. I know, I know, I know. I was just joking. But uh, the funny thing was, is I I wanted to pull up the info so that I could. I was trying to see what state it was in, and uh, when I started typing into Google E L I, it absolutely auto populates with the wrong name and doesn't pull anything up about the story. Whereas when I went to Bing. I mean, if you type it in, actual spell it right. Yeah. But this kid's name is spelled E I E L I S J S H A, right? So like, I didn't spell it right, and uh, it didn't fix it. It auto populated with actual E L I J I A, like you would think Elijah would be spelled. Um, and I go to Bing, and it fixes it right away. And the, every story on the front page is the right story. So if you don't think you're being spoon fed, 
knowledge and information that they want you to see and want you to look up, then you're, you're just foolish by now. But first of all, let's, let's talk about this kid, this kid at 20, what is he? 20, 22, 22, 22 years old engages a gunman within 15 seconds of the gunman starting to fire gunman walks out of the bathroom. The first guy actually had a gun on him. Also, the first guy that the gunman killed had a gun on him, but he just walked into the bathroom and got basically, you know, blunt force shot by this guy. Yeah. This kid, Elijah Dickens, hears the gun gunshots, pulls his concealed carry and starts engaging the shooter from 40 to 50 yards. Yeah. Gets 10 shots off while he is in closing while he's closing distance and hits eight out of 10 shots. How many concealed carry shooters do you think are going to get those shots off? Yeah. Are going to hit at 40 to 50 yards? 80% of 40, 50 yards is like, that's elite. Well, right. So like eight, 40 to 50 yards is not all the shots. He was, no, he, he, was, was closing he was in. closing in. Yeah. So, but still getting a shot on, and we're not talking like at the range, perfect, you know, scenario. You're not freaked out. We're talking yeah. about all of the fight or flight hormones just raging through your body. Yeah. And this kid hits at he, yeah. 40 yards. He's moving. Yeah. Closing in at 40 yeah. with a gun on. Yep. So yeah, 80%. That's like, so that's uh, yeah. si- sign him up for <laughs> sign him up, man. Right. This kid's going to be honorary members of so many different things. He, and I'm sure that it's, it's uh, for more reasons than just that he wants to be, um, he wants to honor the the fallen people, but he the kid is not coming out, not plastering his face everywhere. He's sitting quiet, waiting for the kind of the the, the craziness to to lull down before he comes out and starts talking about it. I kind of respect that. Yeah. No, and uh, between this and the you know we'll be talking about this other kid that saved the whole family from both a, in Indiana house fire, both in Indiana, oh. all the ones in Lafayette. You know, probably because all of the cool people from Chicago left and Indiana's close. <laughs> they're, they're all of, so they like moved they came to Indiana. Wisconsin. They're plenty. Well, no, those There's aren't the, plenty up here. Those aren't the cool ones. Yeah. The cool ones didn't come from Chicago to, to Madison, Wisconsin. Any. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Yeah. So this, uh, the, the only thing that disgusts me about this, uh, this whole mall shooting is that there's shows and one, one example. This is just one out of many examples. Like the view is is ripping on this kid. So to me, it's like, well, okay, if you're ripping on this kid for pulling out a gun, and I'm trying to think though. I mean, it was legal. The the mall might have been posted. The mall. Yeah, the mall might have been posted. So yeah, we don't know that yet. But the view was more concerned that this kid was armed and had shot, and were worried that oh, well, what if. An innocent person got hit accidentally. And so they were more concerned about that. So what's the alternative? The alternative, he could have done nothing and you would have had a bloody massacre. And is that what these people want? No, they're just too wrapped up in their own ideals. The to, narrative? In the, in, well, in the narrative and in the idea that they think that just no one should be able to get to guns, criminals or or um, law-abiding citizens. No one should have them. And when nobody has them, it's not a problem. And that's that's their mentality, right? So they see this and they they would have to, to actually look at it from a open mind. They would have to admit that 
good guys with guns are a good thing because criminals are criminals no matter what. Right. And they would have to admit that, but they don't want to admit that. So then they're looking at it from anybody with a gun is a bad person. This kid put other people in in danger without looking at the fact of he risked he took a risk assessment, which everything is a risk assessment, right? Like right. We, we, we have to think of every every situation as a risk assessment, no matter what. If there is, you know, if there's no one even in the same room, there's a chance that a bullet could ricochet and go into another room and kill someone like oh, yeah. there, there's always a risk and every situation has a risk. And he you know, took a risk assessment and engaged and luckily was very successful. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's attributes to why if you want to own a gun, own any type of firearm, you have to train because you have to shoot with intent. You know, it's, this isn't the movies where, you know, Rambo's got the, you know, he's hip shooting an M60 and just spraying. I mean, that's, that's never how these gunfights turn out. Oh, unless you're, you know, a theater shooter, I guess. Well, I mean, I, you know, you're you're talking about someone who is engaging a single target or even multiple targets as a single target at a time, right? When you're engaging, right. if, you're, if, you're, if you're engaging 10 targets, you're not engaging 10 targets. You're engaging target one, target two, target three, target four yeah. down the line um, versus someone that's just trying to cause as much mass casualty as they can. Yeah. Right. And so there's a big difference there. Oh, yeah. And I mean, this the, the last couple, the um, the church in Texas, I believe. Yep. Yep. That was 10 to 15 yards. Yep. Yep. So he took out the shooter. What about the, the gal that um stopped the shooting? Where was that? that was in the Ohio? grocery store? Yeah. Was that a grocery store? I think maybe. Yeah. So, you know, it just shows that, I mean, if you're trained and you're a responsible gun owner, you can stop these situations and the police hundred percent support it because guess what? Their response time is going to be a lot longer than somebody that's just standing there ready to go. You know, not to beat this dead horse, right? Because most of the people that listen to this understand where we're coming from, but I, I want, I want to sit down and I want to talk to, I want to talk to the other side and I don't want to talk about, the constitution. And I don't want to talk about what guns should be legal and what guns should be illegal. I want to talk about the war on drugs that this country started. Was that 94? About? About, yeah. So this country, federal, state, and local law enforcement all got together and started this group combined effort as a war on drugs. Right. Tell me how the fuck that went. Right. You want anything? I can find somebody that can get it for you probably within two hours. Yeah. Now we're just we're flooding the market through the border. So it's it's pointless. Okay. Once someone agrees with that. Then you tell me how you are going to implement. A gun restriction ban better than the war on drugs. Right. No, that's a good point. Right. So the minute that you make anything illegal, it separates the people by criminals or law abiding citizens. 
and you're going to have a certain amount of people. Let's say, you know, let's say we just make, you know, brown boots illegal. You're going to have a certain amount of people that say, fine, I won't own any brown boots. And then you're going to have a certain amount of people that say, fuck you. I'm going to have brown boots no matter what. And if I have to get brown boots from the guy that, you know, sews them in his basement or the guy that brings them over from a country that brown boots are legal or whatever, they're still going to have brown boots. It's the same with guns. It's the same with drugs. Yeah. You know, and just to beat that dead horse a little bit more, I, you know, I, I really feel sad. The, there, there's a NASCAR driver, Bobby East, the guy in Anaheim, California, or he's from Anaheim. I don't remember what gas station he was in California, but a homeless guy came up and literally stabbed him in the chest with a knife. So it just goes to show, I mean, if you have evil intent, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, I can tell you about overseas. I mean, somebody's going to use that. They're going to make a IED. And they're going to find some way to do evil. I mean, we've seen stabbings. We've seen whatever. Some guy's going to come up and rob you with a, um, whatchamacallit? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, 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 you know, the knife argument is, the knife argument is interesting, right? Because you, you, I can clearly kill a lot more people with a gun than a knife. 100%. But I can still kill with a knife. Yeah. But where, where it starts to get creative is, is the homemade explosives, the IED, stuff like that. Like the Colorado, um movie shooting was awful but how much the the theater yeah no the theater the movie theater okay um but how much more awful would it have been if it was a homemade explosive right i don't know i don't know the answer to that question depends on how big the theater is but depends on how good the explosion is depends on where he places it right but those are all those are all possibilities if he knew what he was doing yeah that could have been in way worse yeah we want to talk about the parade that got shot up. Yeah, that's scary as fuck, right? It is. And I haven't heard much about that. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know. There's a, there's a pattern. It seems like there's one that happens every week, but every time they happen, it's so sloppily done that it just, it doesn't seem right. Well, I mean, we talked a little bit about that one, that parade shooting. Yeah. So to get it, I think. If if they're if it's a combined effort to get rid of the to get rid of the 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 uh, what is what's what's the word for it the extreme talk about it the extreme chatter the 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 politicalness what I can't even think of what the word is but like if there's a, if there's a combined effort to not talk about these so that we can get rid of the sensationalism that's the word I'm thinking of. Yeah. So that we can get rid of the sensationalism behind this and try to m- move the damaged people away from this as a, as a possibility, then kudos, kudos to the people that are involved in that because it's like they are doing it right. Like it happens and then it goes away. We don't talk about it for weeks and weeks and weeks. We, we just haven't been now the tinfoil hat in me, you know, wonders why we're not talking about it, but there's always the chance that it's on purpose to, to yeah. kind of get rid of the sensationalism behind the behind the idea of shooting it up. But my point there is, is that guy shot a bunch of people. The guy in Waukesha drove a fucking car through the parade and killed a bunch of people. So like, like you said, if evil is the intent, evil will be figured out. All right. You can't regulate evil. You no. can't legislate it out of anybody. No. Yeah, and I don't think it's a tinfoil hat thing. I mean, I'm a logistics guy, <laughs> and none of it makes sense. 
it just seems like these things happen week after week. And when you really start digging into the truth and as the facts come out after everybody gets all emotional and everybody wants to go to either gun control or, you know, two A's defending, it's the facts are somewhere in there. And as they come out, they don't make any sense at all. It, you know, it almost seems like it's set up. Yeah. To be honest, I'm not tinfoil hatting anything. I mean, we, we, we talked about the rifle. We talked about the setup and we talked about, okay, the mind of a person that would set something like that up. So did I tell, did I tell you this? My brother's, one of my brother's best friends, roommate lived with this kid. The, the kid at the, 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 uh, parade shooting. He lived with them prior to living with my brother's friend. He lived with this kid. And, um, I mean, fucked up kid, but not like never thought that was going to be a thing. Never thought that was going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, lived with them. And then the FBI shows up and wants to talk to this kid because that's his last roommate. And the kid gets all scared. And this, they're in Texas. They moved to Texas. Yeah. Kid gets scared and goes back to Wisconsin, probably to get mommy and daddy to lawyer up just in case there's anything that he shouldn't talk about or should talk about or whatever, you yeah. know. But um, I mean, I'm going back. I'm taking this. And if you're going to think I'm crazy, I mean, I'm going to go back to Las Vegas. I mean, I'll tell you that whole setup in Las Vegas was a complete sham. None of that made sense. It was so sloppy. But did you know that his dad was like on the top 10 criminal most wanted list for years and years and years? The shooter's dad. Yeah. And and that was, you know, mind you, they can say whatever they want. But that because we I was just talking about this with my brother it was like, yeah. what was this guy's intention? Like, what was his intention? And that was his intention because that was the, that was the fandom that his dad died with. He wanted to, you know, he wanted to have the same level of, of fandom's not the right word, but yeah, I'm, I don't know what his motives were. Yeah. I'm just talking that's about how the, that's everything the, was set up, how all the equipment was moved and how the shots were placed. It's like, Okay. Come on, I'm at a point where it's like there's a lot of folks on the inside that are just completely evil. Starting at the top. Starting at the top. And then you get your alphabet soup. uh, Okay. Organizations that I'm going to say, yeah, there's a lot of people that should be ousted. I'm in the middle of. um, Oh, fuck. What is the book? It's it's from Will Durant and it is astonishing. The lessons of history. It's not a long read. And if any of you guys want it, it goes over the the structure of history and and the repetitions of how things happen. And it goes over the the flow from capitalism to socialism and the um, collection of wealth and then the redistribution of wealth and then the collection of wealth and then the redistribution of wealth and how it's happened from we're talking like Incas all the way up to now. And it's just this constant cycle. And then um, one of the chapters talks about like the the urges of a human being as far as our instincts versus morality and how religion's main basis, all religion's main basis on this planet is as a power base for morals to be more powerful than your individual instincts. 
and I can explain that one better a different time, but it makes sense. Like if, if you don't have a higher power or a bigger reason to not covet thy neighbor's wife, you're going to covet thy neighbor's wife. But when you, when you, because your instincts have you wanting to do it and your instincts are going to be stronger than your morals unless your morals have a higher power your morals come from a higher place you believe in something bigger than yourself yeah so um but the the book is awesome and he talks about this this fluctuation and and I'm curious where we are in those cycles of capitalism to socialism and where we are in that cycle of of um condensing wealth and then distribution distributing wealth like I'm, I'm just, I look at where we're at now and I see, um, I see this interesting thing that we have in our country where they have, and when I say they, I don't know that it's, it's a purposeful thing, but we have been divided so much that there is no haves and have nots fighting against each other. There's all the have nots fighting against each other and the haves just sitting in the corner going, <laughs> look at this. I think the haves are pulling the strings for the have nots to be fighting each other. You know, I, I would a hundred percent challenge anybody to do a little bit of digging and realize that the, our top institutions are majority corrupt. I mean, corrupt to the hilt and not just talking about all the way to the top. I'm talking about all the alphabet organizations are tainted, unfortunately. And by alphabet organizations, what do you mean? I'm talking about the uh, central intelligence. Exact, okay. Yep. That's that's. I was just waiting for some. I didn't need a specifics. I just Federal wanted Bureau. you. Yep. Yep. And other supporting agencies. Uh, there's just a lot of crap in there, and you're seeing some guys standing up coming these midterms saying yeah we see this we don't want to come out but we're gonna to have to we need to get elected to start cleaning some of this shit up i mean realistically like i would hate to see it backfire in our face but we need a people's party right Unfor- a, unfortunately it's coming to that peop- point we need a people's party we need a we need a people's party but every man <laughs> absolute power corrupts absolutely right so Anybody going into that position that that wants to back that movement and wants to, you know, get behind that people's party, right? The blue collar workers party, that that whole idea of like, we're here for the everyday human being, whether you are, you know, whether you make twenty thousand dollars a year or two hundred thousand dollars a year, we are here for you. The minute that that gets in any place of power, the corruption starts and the greed starts. Yeah, I mean, that People's Party has to have full-scale accountability all the way to the top. I mean, at this point, it's it's technically on on paper, it's what we need. That's why we need chips. Chips? Yeah. Behavior chips? Nope, not behavioral chips. Um, bullshit chips. <laughs> we need it. It doesn't even have to be a chip, I don't think. Are you talking, the, does it work like a lie detector? But, uh, but real. But real. Not like lie detectors are easy to fit, easy to fit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm saying real. Like <laughs> if it's going to detect your body changes. Yeah, it detects that you're full of shit. We got to figure it out. Elon <laughs> oh, Musk, get on it. Okay. 
detect that you're so you know you don't know what the science behind no, it i don't know be. the oh, science okay. behind this what do I, who do i look like i don't know i thought you maybe read a book or Bill something Gates? on the uh no i'm just the, I'm, I'm spitballing here just, if we had a spitball in the minority report basically i'm spitballing that if we had a bullshit <laughs> detector chip then there's no way you because you can't you can't lie around it yeah. like you have all of a sudden you have to be like i i so much of me wants to vote for this thing because it's going to get my family to a place where I am going to never have to work again. Yeah. And my kids aren't going to have to work again, but I know deep inside me that that's not what's right for the people. And you're going to have to say that out loud because if you say I'm voting for this because it's right for the people, your bullshit chip's going to go. Yeah. So, yeah. Now we're talking AI. Have you ever seen the movie minority report? Oh yeah. Minority report's good. Yeah. So it almost gets that stage. We're using AI to, yeah, kind of, kind of, but all you have to do all so, law enforcement. So this is my argument before. Fuck, we're already 22 minutes in. And this argument sounds way better when I'm fucking drunk. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> the interconnectivity of the Internet could take over eventually could take over for. What religion has always done in the past. Because. The accountability, if it if if it's decentralized, right? Like like, I know you hate the system, but the Chinese social credit system, but decentralized, where it's like a Reddit vote up, vote down system. So everybody that you encounter in a day has the chance to vote you up or vote you down, whether you are you know good or bad, full of shit, not full of shit, fuck me over or really help me, pulled over and help me on the side of the road, change a tire versus you know, shammed me out of a tip and didn't even pay for your fucking dinner. Right. And all this goes through your whole time of growing yeah. up. And then if it's decentralized and in inability, unable to crack, right. Then this all of a sudden becomes a, like, this is your real personality score and your real personality score. Like I'm clearly going to be able to tell over this thing, tracking you for 20 years, whether you are a full of shit <laughs> or you're actually <laughs> out for the real good man. Oh, okay. That, that's a great downstream solution. I think then we, we need to get back to what we're all about is, you know yes. what, getting squared away. Yes. Parenting good kids, you know. So they can design these things that I'm coming up with right now. So that you don't have to have a downstream thing that basically will start policing people. Because you want to empower people versus creating fear. I agree. But tell me, tell me a superpower in the history of humankind that is ever maintained. I, I know there isn't one because the times get so good. Yep. People get soft and weak and yep. mushy and boom, it just rotates around. Yep. So it's, it's unfortunate. It's human nature. Yeah. So uh, let, let's end this conversation on a good note. Okay. Yes. Let's, let's talk about the no. kid from Indiana. Hold on. Okay. You talk about the kid from Indiana, but first off, I want, if you guys aren't checking out sky Australian sky news. Oh, I love those guys. Oh my God. It's great. They had one on Biden this week. This reporter comes up to Biden every week, every, every day, every day. But but this reporter comes up to Biden this week and he's like, "Uh, Mr. President, what do you have to say to the two thirds of Democratic voters that don't want you to run again? And he turns around and goes, look at the polls, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Just like I can love it. And he's like, 92 percent, 92 percent. Well, the poll that and, you know, his handlers are probably showing grandpa what they want to show him. Right. So they're yeah. probably showing him, look, 92% would vote for you where in small print, it's like 
92% of Democrats would vote for Joe Biden if it was Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Trump. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's it. Whereas 61 or 62% of Democratic voters do not want him to run again. Like, that's the poll this kid was talking about. But it was just fucking great. I love it. Look at the polls, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Kid from Indiana. Yeah. Just watch Skynet. I, I love watching those guys. It's super entertaining. They cover everything, even the uh, AOCs. Uh, yep. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that one. Oh, my goodness. Let's cover that after the pizza okay. thing. Okay. It's, it's hilarious. Okay, this isn't Pizza Gate, though, right? Not like Alex Jones. I don't know what that is. You don't know what Pizza Gate is? No, I don't know what Pizza Gate is. Oh, that's for a whole nother podcast. I can't even get into it. Okay, go ahead. Pizza Gate, seriously. So there, there's a guy, again, this is in Lafayette, Indiana. His name's Nick Bostic, 26 year old, uh, works as a pizza delivery, delivery guy, was driving by in the neighborhood, saw that a house was starting. There was a fire in the house. So he parked behind the house, went in the back door, uh, just started yelling to wake people up. And he woke up the kids. And got the kids out of the house, and the kids told him that there's a six-year-old that's still in the house yet. Six or 60? Six. Got it. So he ran back in. Um, just make sure I don't, I got the article up just so I don't completely screw this up. Ran back in, um, inhaled a bunch of smoke, and but he got the kid in the bedroom and basically took the kid and jumped out of the window. Landed, um, made sure the kid was okay. And he was rendered a uh, medical help and yeah, it saved that, uh, that whole family. And they have video of this guy too. I mean, he's literally, I mean, when, when somebody inhales, well, I'm surprised the guy wasn't passed out, but he looked like, I mean, he was, he had inhaled. It was, you could see the breath coming out and he was on the ground. And first thing he tells the, uh, first responders is, uh, is the baby. Okay. Just wanted to make sure the baby was okay. That's awesome. Total hero. And, uh, yeah, just uh, even interviewing the guy is just uh, just an uh, amazing, amazing guy. And just, uh, you know, pizza dude. What a good Samaritan. So, this is what America is really built of. This is the type of people that we have out there. There's just like a few of them that are dirty cunts on, with penises and vaginas. I use that word unscrupulously. Yeah. And that's 2 million people out of 350 million who are those yeah. filthy cunts. Yeah, they're the loudest minority ever. And you know what? They all comment on YouTube videos. YouTube video commenters are assholes. Really? Oh, yeah. Dude, they're, just they're read just troll or what? Oh, yeah. They're total troll. Well, maybe not anymore because you have to actually sign in with your Google address to, tr- to comment. But yeah, now they all went to Reddit. Oh, yeah. I'm not on Reddit. So yeah, don't go there. It's dirty. Damn. So, uh, okay. So now that goes the story of AOC okay. and uh, Ilhan Omar. So basically they're, you know, protesting the Supreme Court outside and so they join in and um so they the police start moving the people back they're just moving the crowd back so all they're doing is you know for people that are sitting there they'll maybe kind of not force them up but kind of like help them and push them into a different area so they were doing this today the police were basically you know taking people assisting them to a holding area where they give them water and bananas because of the heat that's going on right now so you got to watch the video of this so they basically get AOC up and this other lady. So she puts her hand behind her back. AOC does pretend, <laughs> pretends that she's handcuffed, pretends. And, and you can see by the smug, you know, on her face that she's just, you know, she's total political theater, just identical to where she's at the border. And all of a sudden she has the pictures taken where she looks like she's crying, you know, I mean, she's and everything about the stupid dress she wore on the Met as well. But, 
All of a sudden, she's walking along, pretending she's handcuffed. You know, the lady that the uh, on the other side of the the officer, you know, is just walking with her hands on her side. And, you know, just like normal. They're just moving to a holding area. Well, all of a sudden, you'll see her see somebody, and she gives either the it's either a wave or the the fist up, and she forgets that. Oh, I'm handcuffed. Puts it back in again, and that video has just gone viral. Oh, and, she's uh, awesome. And Ilhan Omar, same thing. Also, she she's walking by herself. To the holding area. There's no police officer escorting her. <laughs> she acts like she's handcuffed walking by herself. Oh, my God. It's, and yeah, then it's, waves to somebody, too. It's theater. It's yeah, theater. That's the, that's the best theater. word. Theater. So I, I don't understand how they have so many people that follow them and so many people that think that, you know, they're doing the jobs. And these are an AOC complained this week that, you know, hey, we don't get paid enough to do this job. I'm like, really? I mean, these are the drug dealers when comfort's the drug, right? I guess so. When you're going from bartending to making 184k a year with you know security drivers and everything else, all of a sudden, oh, I 184 don't isn't enough. Yeah, for the side that believe that's a starting uh rate in Congress. So, oh my God, yeah. Well, you know, all <laughs> absolute power corrupts. Absolutely, it's always just a ploy, right? It's not like very rarely and and there is the rare there is the very rare um champion on the people's side on the you know the the very low end of the totem pole as far as income and stuff that that does get to a point and gives everything away you know but most of the time it's just to climb out of the shit that you're in yeah. and then you just leave them behind and go to the Met Gala yeah with no mask yeah well, these dirtbags, uh, after they were imaginally arrested, they set up a GoFundMe to help them get out of imaginary prisons. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> they did. They did they not. They both set up their own GoFundMe. They did not. For what? <laughs> because they're not making enough. Didn't you hear what she said? Oh, my God. They don't get paid enough to, you know, squawk bullshit. I couldn't even write this shit if I tried to. Exactly. I couldn't write it. I'd be like, you know, and that's the thing, like. If you if you looked at me and you were like, all right, so what we're going to do is we're going to pretend to get arrested and then we're going to open a GoFundMe, right, to get out of pretend jail. I'd be like, dude, people aren't that fucking dumb. And then I would just move <laughs> on with my day, right, because yeah. I would move on with my day because that's where you would go after a stupid fucking conversation like that is you would go back to whatever you're doing. Yeah. And uh, and okay. I would like to see how much money is in there because I bet people are that fucking dumb. I, I think so. I mean, AOC's got like 7 million followers. Get it. So. It's 5 million of them are just Russian Twitter farm bots. Oh, I sure hope so, because I lose some hope. Yeah, except for every time they, that's how she gets, that's how she goes viral, because they fucking push her posts, and then that's how she gets voted for. Yeesh. They're like, right? Like, if you were, if you were in one of these Russian bot farms, and you were like, how do we really fuck with them? Hmm. Let's take the dumbest fucking people and let's put enough power behind them to get their name out there and get them into, into office. And then they're yeah. already so dumb that they'll piss off the other people on the other side. But then the people that voted for them are going to feel invested in them. So they're going to actually be idiots and like, like stick up for them. Like yeah. that would work. I don't know that that would probably make the most sense as to what's going on, because right now I can't make any other sense of it. It's so ridiculous. 
It's week after week after week. That is the world that we live in. But you know what? We don't see all of it because we are personally productive people. Yes. You try not to see it, but. Productivity. (laughs) This is what we're going to talk about today. Now we're 33 minutes in and we're finally getting to the actual topic of the day. I see our notes. Our notes are like totally in two different directions. Are they? All right. Well, you go ahead and start us off. Tell me, tell me your notes, Mr. Operations. Well, yours, I see where yours are at. Like, like mine is, so based on what I learned in the last, you know, how many years in operations and just being an executive. So this, this is kind of outlined in the nature of, you know, how does an executive, you know, stay productive? And the biggest thing that, that I've learned in my life was, is my biggest, uh, downfall was get enough sleep because i i was burning the midnight oil uh working you know sometimes 17 hour days and just going hard at it and it affected my family life um throughout the years and i finally learned that it's like man i was that's physically affecting me bags under my eyes I, i was feeling fatigued all the time and i wasn't my best in meetings um so from from the executive viewpoint um, being in meetings, I was talking to somebody the, this morning because we were talking about leadership, you know, uh, teaching leadership on a university level. And being in those meetings is like, remember Kaylee McEnany? No. The press speaker for Trump? Oh, blonde? yeah, yeah, yeah. The blonde one, super smart. Yeah. Comes up with words way better than my brain does. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, this morning I was in a conversation. It was literally about, you know, okay, executive productivity because I was speaking to a couple other executives. And we kind of laughed at some, you know, when you Google productivity, what happens? You get lines and lines and lines of uh, um, applications. You know, you got Monday, you got Trello, you got, um, gosh, man, I can't list off all of them. And I've tried so many of them. Yeah. And none of them work. Okay. Because, um, you know, if, if you're in my office right now, I found out the best thing is to have, I have mini legal pads or mini pads and then I have legal pads and I organize everything because when I'm in a meeting to, and that's one of the, uh, the productivity tips and tricks is, you know, have your meeting short. Like I don't like going beyond 15 minutes on any of my meetings. So if people ask a question and, and my boss agrees with this too, is like, you know, if you're asked a question, and you know your operations, you should have the answer. But a lot of times you could have, you know, come up with a brain fart. Sometimes we do on, uh, on the podcast. So like Kayla McEnany, if you remember watching any of those press conferences, she had a, a binder, right? So binder of everything that was going to be possibly covered and everything that's going on. But there's a lot of information. So basically she had it all tabbed up and organized. Well, I do it the same way with the legal pads. So you know, Thursdays are horrible days. And I told you that is because I run a lot of meetings and in those meetings, we got to cover a lot of ground and have a lot of different subjects. So we need to flow from subject to subject, make sure all points are covered, that there's a plan and that there's action and there's accountability that follows through for the next week so that everything gets done on a week by week basis. So, so I need to be like Kaylee McEnany and have my notes scattered everywhere. I can't be on a tablet trying to like flip from tab to tab. I need to have everything in front of me. So I'm like, okay, well, this is going on over here in, in China. This is going on in Taiwan. This is what's happening with this, you know, this freight forwarder. So 
you know, in order to have going back to getting enough sleep, um, when I don't get enough sleep, one, I'm not hundred percent, you know, effective in putting my notes together. And then two, when I go back to try to get the notes, I'm slow and groggy. I mean, it really does affect you if you don't get your sleep. So, um, I learned that if, if I got six to eight right now, six hours, I'm at full production. If I don't, if I get like a hour or a night where I sleep four to five, I'm sluggish throughout the day. And, um, and the other point is, you know, then I take a nap, try to take a 30 minute nap and it works great when you're working remote, but I've learned that even in an office, if you have an office, you can shut the door, take a 20 minute power nap because you'll feel totally refreshed after that. You get oxygen to your brain and you're able to function because there's nothing worse than being in a meeting. And all of a sudden you're 15 minutes in and some of these meetings, people like to drag out to an hour while the human attention span starts really good about the first five to 10 minutes and then it just dips. And guess what? When you start hearing somebody concluding, all of a sudden your attention picks back up again. So in 55 minutes, you're mainly, you're, you might be getting 15 to 20 minutes of content of attention out of it. So, you know, if you can get your attentiveness up by just taking a nap. Otherwise, you know, this is where you're good at it is learn how to rise early. Okay. I'm, I've been sleeping in. I used to get up to the five, five thirty, you know, crack of dawn, but I don't go to bed as early as you do. So to get my six hours, or if I notice my, I use a sleep app too, to tell me that, you know, how my sleep is doing. If I feel shitty, then I will wait to go to the gym until probably lunchtime or even that night. Because right now I'm making sure I'm getting decent amount of sleep. Yeah. yeah I have to put my, and, and I do like, right. The, this is where my Mark Twain said, eat the frog, right? Like I get, I get as much done front loaded in my fucking day because I know I'm very aware. And this is on my list. I know my productivity times and my productivity times are from 530 AM. And we're talking productivity for me. Not productivity necessarily for my work. We're talking productivity for everything that I do. Five thirty to ten, and then two thirty to five six ish. You get past six, my brain is off. You get lunch to two, my brain is off. I still work. I still get a lot of shit done, but I'm not. I'm not functioning extremely well. So like, I know my, I know those times. I know my productivity times. I know that no matter where I am between one and two, I'm going to start to crash. And a lot of times I'll just pull into a parking lot and I'll take a 15 minute nap no, like in my good. car all the time. Yeah. Because I know that my, I know my body does it. I know I need it and whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like I'm, I'm like zero carb right now and I still have it. So it's not like insulin after my meal or anything like that. Cause I used to blame it on that. Yeah. Like food, you know, they okay. The, my food is finally, you know, my insulin is blah, 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 blah. I have all these excuses. Nope. Not it. Oh yeah. So I know those times, but I get up, I get my workout in, I get my important stuff done in the day, done in the morning. I get my, my, my brain stuff done in the morning, right? Like the stuff that I need to actually be able to think. And then I can push mindless physical work that I need to get done. I can push that to the end of the day. Yeah. You know, cause your, your job is a balance of, you know, I mean, you have physical tasks that you have to do, but you got to set that up in the morning. So front loading, I mean, for, for anybody that has that balance type of work, 
front loading is the best way to do it. Um, but the other thing I realize is, you know, you always have an office that people are crashing after lunch or after two o'clock, you start seeing production dip. Um, and that's because I mean, a true stat is 40%, a solid 40% of the U S population doesn't get enough sleep. They don't sleep the recommended times. Um, so that has a huge negative impact on productivity. And for like the executives or managers, or if, if you're sitting at a desk job all day long, um, the one misnomer is everybody thinks that you got to just load that caffeine in the morning. And that's the problem is if you can limit or get yourself off of caffeine, then you're not going to have those crashes in the afternoon. So uh, during the week, I, I don't take any caffeine. You know that. And it's helped me because then I can be productive right up until 5, 530. Because I know that for my time, I have to deal with the West Coast. And I also have to deal with, you know, Asia. So a lot of times I have to be cognitively at 100%, sometimes at 7, 8, 9 o'clock at night. So I don't have a period where I can just crash and, you know, kind of be mindless. Everything that I do is involves numbers. So, you know, I have to be well-rested. Because um, the number two thing I have is meditate. I don't know if you have that in yours. Do you but, do it? So I do it right away in the morning, very first thing. So a lot of times, you know, TMI is, yeah, I get on the shitter and I, boom, I read my devotions for a day and try to get my day set. So I could be sitting on a can for 20 minutes in the morning. You're going to have a hemorrhoid. <laughs> I think there's other co- That's what happens when you sit on the potty causes, too long. Right? No, that's what happens when you sit on the potty too long. Just to get a hemorrhoid? Yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, I don't know. I've heard people that have hemorrhoids that, I don't know, it's a bad diet or something maybe. I don't know. I'll, the only, the only I know pregnancy and I know sitting on the toilet too long. Those are the two that I know. I don't know. This will be another podcast. It'll be about uh, the your cause em- your of hemorrhoids. Ass health. We'll call it. We'll call it ass health. That's what we'll call it. But number three, and I know this is really strong with uh, what we preach and what you and I do is, uh, you know, is workout. No matter how you do it, you know, if it's if it's like us, it's in the gym. You know, weight training. It's it's doing cardio. Whatever it takes to get your body, if it's twenty minutes a day, um, something intense because it sets your mind up. It sets your body right. And it makes you more productive. Um, I know for you, it's in the morning. Uh, for me, I probably am less moody if I get done in the morning. And if I wait to do it at night, then I get really moody. And for a lot of people that have issues, if they don't front load everything, um, they'll get to a point at night where they're, oh, I'm too tired and they won't do it. Yep. And they're out for weeks. So, um, yeah, number four I have is uh, eat a good breakfast. So. Or have a good diet because some some of us uh, do intermittent fasting. So when I have my kid, I intermittent fast till close to noon. And when I don't have my kid and when I hit the gym, obviously I need fuel. So when I hit the gym in the morning, then I make sure, you know, I have adequate amount of protein, adequate amount, you know, carbs, unless I'm trying to get skinny. And no sugars and no caffeine. No caffeine, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I use a lot of that crutch well you do it at one dose right um no it gets kind of throughout the day it is yeah. you're not like an eight cup of coffee guy though i mean is the equivalent, equivalent of how much caffeine i have in a day, day yeah really 
I mean, through what? So, well, my pre-workouts, like fucking 300 milligrams of caffeine. And you're burning it? What? And you're burning it? Yep, yep, yep. And then I have a cup of coffee when I get home with my breakfast. And then I'll usually have something else later in the day, somewhere between like 120 milligram iced coffee up to like a giant 300 milligram beverage of some sort. So, yeah, it might be around like 700 milligrams of caffeine every day. day. Sometimes. Yeah. Holy crap, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a doesn't it make you foggy. What? Doesn't yeah. Maybe that's why mind? I can't think of words because I got too much caffeine in me all the time. I don't know. Yeah, too much caffeine uh, fogs your uh, mind up a little bit. So I don't know. My wife's my wife's brain's been foggy too, and she doesn't. She's never had caffeine ever. <laughs> so is she blonde? What? No, she's brunette. <laughs> so, but you know, eat a good breakfast or equivalent to a good diet. So what they tell executives always make sure you eat that good breakfast. So I always tell them it's like, you know, have your diet right because that's eighty percent of your health right there, and your body is the vehicle, and the driver that's that's the brain you're the cpu so you gotta make sure you're feeding it and powering it up correctly clean um i mean one thing i was always taught is don't waste a lot of time commuting um i have a brother that lives in california uh, works for works in silicon valley and california i don't understand what they're trying to do but everything that's close to all the the industries are technically it's all tech um you're talking studio apartments for over three grand, really. And the only people that they're getting in there are people that are coming from other countries that don't have a perspective on what, you know, reasonable cost living is. Yeah. So they think it's normal. Well, people that do understand that, well, like my brother has to commute hour and a half one way in to work. Well, that's three hours out of your day. So that automatically. You're only up for 12. You're only up for yeah. 12. So you've crushed your productivity. Unless somehow you can condense that as part of your day and that three hours is part of an eight hour window that you're quote working. So, um, so yeah, so that's a big tip for executives is don't waste time sitting in a vehicle because it's, it'll crush your productivity all week because you can get back what, five, six hours, five, six, seven hours a week. Um, then the last one or take breaks to re-energize, make sure you take, you know, vacations. Because otherwise, you're just going to get, you know, burned out. And I remember um, being down in California, there's a lot of companies that give sabbaticals. So sometimes a three-month sabbatical is great, but we don't. There's not a lot of companies in Wisconsin that No, not really. I would take a three-month sabbatical. That'd be (laughs) glorious. Yeah. Well, there's uh, Oracle gives like a full year sabbatical. Really? Like what, every 10 years? Uh, I believe, I thought it was every seven years or less. I checked. Maybe it it got split out a little bit. What? But are they hiring? They're heavily, I mean, yeah, 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 programming yeah, I get it. And, you yeah, know, yeah, administrative I get it. yeah, it's work. totally different. And yeah, then, I mean, uh, I would like, I would do, I would do a month or two sabbatical every few years and like unpaid. That's fine. Like just to know that I come back and everything's normal again. Yeah. Like that would be fine. So you should go into teaching then. I bet, yes, I should go into teaching. Then you get a two the problem month, is two, I would have to teach. Yeah, that'd be great. Except for I'd have to teach. I'd have to teach like three different classes at one time just to fucking make enough money teachers Bro. don't make shit no yeah i don't know what they make they don't make I a lot of money the unions had them all jacked nope. up their their benefits package total is 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 gorgeous but for somebody like me i wouldn't I, we don't use it you know we don't use all the fucking health stuff like we're healthy yeah 
So you went executive production. You went work productivity. Because the next one I said, avoid lengthy meetings. Yes. Yeah. And then the last one is use a to-do list. Yeah. To-do lists are great, right? This, that, that's a good one. I have that. A daily to-do list. I went personal productivity overall, not just, not just at work. I mean, overall productivity, you have, you know, 12 to 14 hours that you are up in a day, right? No, is that right? No, that's, it's way more than that. 16 hours that you're up in a day, 16 to 18 hours that you're up in a day, right? How can you get the most out of those 16 to 18 hours? Work, your physical fitness, your brain, your family, your everything, right? And, And one of the biggest things is, is your direction. Like, what are we doing here? What, what is the goal? What is the point? Right? So like my direction right now at this time in my life is going to be very different than my direction in my life 15 years from now. Right? That's why that's the biggest reason that I work out early in the morning is because, you know, five o'clock on is family time. So, you know, five to bedtime is family time. I'm not going to fucking, I can't, I'm not going to take out of that because I don't get that back at, you know, who's up at four in the morning. Nobody, just me. That's my time to do my shit. Yeah. So that's why I work out in the morning. I am a morning person too, but I used to work out at night. Like that was, that was fine. That was great. Before I, you know, before I had, I had an older kid and didn't have a younger kid. It was, it was good. Um, but my family right now, like number one, right. It's why I stay at my job. It's why I work out in the morning. It's why, you know, why I do a lot of the stuff that I do. So 15 years from now, when my oldest is probably has kids and my youngest doesn't give a shit about hanging out with me anymore, life will be totally different. Those goals, those directions that I'm, that I'm moving in will be totally different, but you guys know where you're at and you guys know what your goals are. And then you have to have plans to achieve those goals, right? Or, or plans and actions, plans and habits, because a plan without an action is just a dream, right? Right. So like, I have my habits set up so that a lot of my goals are being worked towards, right? Like we have a, we don't have a set schedule for this podcast, but we know approximately what day we're going to do it. This, this podcast is, is one of my big, you know, one of my high things on my goals is to, is to grow this and get it to a point that we're helping so many people that it, that it is our purpose, you know, and we have our time set for this. My family has their time. My physical fitness has its time. You know, I meal prep so that I'm not wasting that time. So, and then your to-do lists, your consistent effort. I'm just kind of high spotting because we're at 51 minutes already. And like I said, when you were talking, know your productivity times. I know when I'm productive. I know when I'm not productive. I'm not going to sit down to try to write something intelligent at eight o'clock at night. My brain is barely able to like brush my teeth and get my ass in bed that late at night. Efficiency. Oh my God. There are some people who are so fucking inefficient with their time. I just want to fucking strangle them. I just want to strangle them. People that will people that will drive to town or drive to the store three different times when they could have just got it all done at once. Oh, yeah. But but it's the lazy way of doing it. It's oh, my God. It's so some people, people that I work with, people that I know, friends, family. I just want to fucking sit them down and be like, all right, class inefficiency, class inefficiency. You have a to-do list. Let's look at the to-do list. What's most important? All right. Can we get this done? No, we don't have the stuff. Okay. Can we get this done? No, we don't have the stuff. Oh, we have three things on here. We know to get, need to go get stuff for. Let's go. Is any, can any of this be ordered? 
Can these phone calls yeah. be made while we're driving? Like efficiency is so important. Eliminate, eliminate wasted time, eliminate a wasted movement, group your trips together, your trips to the store, your, your, if you have a bunch of shit that you need to get for projects next week, well, guess what? If you're sitting down and planning stuff, you know that you need that shit for next week. If yeah. you're not waiting until the last minute. And you know, there's a, there's a good practice out there called Kaizen. So this is actually a lean principle is eliminate a wasted movement. So if you can, uh, YouTube, cause YouTube hasn't banned this yet, but, um, YouTube, the, uh, Kaizen toaster. So K A I Z E N, uh, toaster example. So there's a guy making toast. If you start practicing that type of eliminate wasted movement in your everyday to do things like in the kitchen, then you're going to start practicing that. Like you said, going to the store versus going to, you know, the store three different times. Organization, not my strong suit. I need to work on that one. Hey, we all need to know our weaknesses, but that's another one with wasted time and wasted movement. If you have to look for something for 10 minutes, every time you're doing a project, you're wasting 60 minutes a day, right? Yeah. Stay organized, keep your shit where it needs to be. Um, stay on task. Our brains are not meant to multitask. Our brains are not meant that this has been studied so in depth. You can do one thing, focus on one thing really well, and then you move to another thing. People that think they're multitasking, they're not multitasking. They're doing one thing and then they're moving to another thing. You want to think about it? Look at your phone while your wife is talking to you and then try to repeat to her what she said. You were focused on the phone and have no fucking idea what she said. Trust me. I've been busted on that one multiple times. Yeah, but a lot of people do that because they don't really want to hear what they're saying. No, they do it because they have zero <laughs> ability to actually have a conversation with somebody. So I, we, were, we, were at, uh, we were at the fair today because my daughter's the fairest of the fair. And there's the woman, Pam Yankee, the farm babe. You know who she is, right? No. Everybody in Wisconsin knows who she is. She's Don't been like, farm babe, okay, so she's been the, the farm, the, the voice of the farm radio for the last like 50 years. I don't know. Yeah. And I was watching her today. And because my daughter is the fairest of the fair, we've been like, we've, we've been to a lot of fair events, a lot of like farm events. Cause that's a big thing with the fair. Right. And I'm watching her. And while she's really like, she's always doing a lot of things. She is invested in every conversation that she has. Like she's, she might do 50 things while she's at one, you know, 20, 30 minute appearance, but each thing she's completely invested in. She is having a conversation. She's making eye contact. She's, she's involved. And then she'll go to the next conversation. Like she's not just moving on before that conversation is done. That's what you need to be doing with your, with your tasks. Stay on that task. If it can be done, right? If, if, if it can be finished, finish it. The, if, if you haven't read the Stephen Pressfield War of Art, the, the resistance, and this is strong with me, the resistance on that last 10% of any project is the fucking worst. Oh, I'll finish that later. I'll oh, finish that tomorrow. Hate that. Yeah. Oh my God. And I talk myself into it. My wife will be like, what are you doing? You literally have 10 more minutes and you can be done with that. <laughs> Fuck, you're right. Damn it. Oh. Right? So being efficient also includes what can you be doing with, with wasted time? Look at where your wasted time is, right? What can you be listening to books or podcasts while you're driving? Can you be making phone calls that need to be made while you're doing something else? Can you be reading while you're at your doc, you know, in the waiting room at your doctor's office? Like find your wasted time 
and figure out how to use it the best. I tried listening to books while I was working out. Not a good idea. Wouldn't suggest that one. Doesn't work very well. Podcasts do work pretty good. Podcasts while you work out? Oh, I can't do that. I've done some. It all depends on what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, that's um, a good point. But watch that Toast Kaizen because that relates to that as well, too, because it shows you, I mean, while you're making toast, somebody usually will be sitting there and digging through their phone, death scrolling. But the way this guy shows you is like, well, you could be making toast and boom, you'd have all the dishes put in the dishwasher. You'd have the counter wiped off and all this stuff done in that little bit of time. Because a lot of times mentally you think that, oh, it's going to take you a lot longer to do a task. And when you do the task, it takes you maybe about a third of the time to actually do it. And imagine how much you can accomplish. That's a good point. Outsource. There are so many options for outsourcing shit that you just do that you don't need to be wasting your precious time on. Like mowing the lawn? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Your wife does that for you. I outsourced it. (laughs) (laughs) There's online, there's amazing online options that will do and right, like it totally depends what you're trying to outsource. Like if you're trying to outsource design, you can outsource individual design aspects, but trying to outsource actual full projects is is if you want anybody that's going to get anything done right it's fucking extremely expensive but if you just need specific things designed right i need a i i have this image i need a digital creation of a desk with a person behind it that's super simple anybody in bangladesh can do that on fiverr Fiverr, for 10 bucks for 10 bucks versus like I need a marketing thing designed, right? Like you're going to, it's going to take you longer to talk back and forth with them in their broken English to try to get it done. But neighborhood kids, right? Like, do you need all the shit picked out of your bushes? Are you going to spend an hour out there doing it? Two hours out there, three hours out there doing it? Or do you want to pay the neighbor kid 30 bucks to do it? Right? Like pay him the rake your lawn. Yeah. All this different stuff, man. There's a lot of things that professionals are worth hiring for. Right? Like, I'm not talking about raking your lawn, but like a lot of different things where it's, you know, it's going to take you a a week to build this thing. Whereas like you might pay a guy 500 bucks to build it and it's done in a day. Yeah. So, and then distractions. Holy shit. That's probably the biggest one right now is distractions. I mean, how many. Do you have no, I don't even have notifications to go off of my phone. Do you have notifications on your phone? No, I kind of have to. You kind of have to for work? Yeah. Yeah. See, like I have, I have texts that actually like vibrate and I have calls that actually yeah. vibrate. I, I shut off social media notifications because those are just yep. 100% annoying. Yep. That's all they are. So I have texts and I have calls. That's all that actually goes off. Emails still come through. They're there. I look at my phone enough that it's not, I'm not missing anything. Zero social media notifications at all. Like, you know, I don't even know what's going on unless I actually pull out my other phone and look at a social media app. Yeah. Right. And then do you use your fucking doorbell go off all the time? Oh my God. These my, my camera. Yeah. My camera will go off, but I change the sensitivity on it. Okay. So if somebody is actually ringing the doorbell, actually at the doorbell, yeah. ringing the doorbell, that's when I it makes sense. Right. Yep. Like, Oh my God. Some people, the thing goes off 35 times an hour because, a, you know, something, oh, something blew through the wind, yeah. you yeah, know, you or, the neighbor, that, yeah. or the neighbor kid rode by, right? Like how distracting is that to anything you're trying to get done? Yeah. It's just, it's just a distraction. Yep. Um, 
you know, so like, you know what you need to have. Right. And, and you can set up phones are so smart today. You can set up things where you have like, do not disturb settings where literally only people that are on your, you know, must talk to list are the only ones that actually even come through. Yeah. If, if computer work is, is your productivity, there's apps where you can turn everything off on your computer, except for one thing in the middle, right? Like there's so many different apps. Yeah. And then I, I love this one that I came across this one while I was, while I was building this, these notes for today is the Eisenhower matrix. Have you seen this before? That sounds so familiar, but so, go on. So you take, you take your, um, your task list, whether it be for the day or for the week or for the month, right? And you separate it, you, right? You have I, an, an, an I and a U or an N and an N. And it's either important or not important. And it's either urgent or not urgent, right? And so it, it, if you look at it, it, it's a, it's a, it's like a square chart, right? And in the upper left-hand corner is important and urgent. Those are things that need to get done. Yep. And then on the right is important, but not urgent. So you schedule those things for when they need to get done. On the bottom left corner is not important, but it is urgent. So you delegate or you outsource those things. And then on the bottom right is not important and not urgent. And you delete those fucking things off your list. I love that. I, I saw that. And yeah. once I once I pulled up the actual image of it, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, the Eisenhower quadrant, the matrix. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's my thing. Like, that, that's all I have. I, I high spotted a lot of shit and went really fast through it. And I'm sure you yeah. guys are like, shut the fuck up. But I mean, the biggest thing is that I see now is um, even with uh, I'll be honest, I see that with a lot of sales reps is you look at their time and when they're on uh, social media and it just that just boils my blood because it's like, oh, what the hell are you doing all day? So the biggest distraction I see is even outside of work. Oh, it's, it's when, the when biggest distraction for everybody. It's like, you know, everybody's on a phone. I've tried multiple times to start this like to start this thing where you post your screenshot of your Instagram time. Right. To like hold it, hold it each other accountable yeah and i'll post it and i will get nothing back and i see all the people that see it because when i look on the bottom left hand side of my story i can see 750 people saw the motherfucker and how many of those 750 went and looked at their time and went oh yeah i'm not posting that no really <laughs> you know oh, I i'm not posting that, that. <laughs> because it's during work hours well, no no just because they're embarrassed about how many hours a day they spend on social media oh wow well, I think one of the worst applications is Snapchat. Because when people get messages from Snapchat, I mean, how, how much content do you get from a Snapchat do you think is beneficial to you? I, I had a talk with my son uh, last week. Is like, okay, with Fortnite or TikTok or Snapchat, how much of that benefits you? Somebody paying you? to read those messages but that depends though because snapchat is literally like for most people it's a it's the easiest way to to communicate visually and with text so my dog's dressed up like a clown i'm gonna take a video and then boom ding i got this message somebody sent me a picture of a dancing dog with a clown suit on yeah i guess but i've never gotten a picture of a dog with a clown <laughs> Just example. um no like i i use snap snapchat i probably use more than text messaging really yeah probably what benefit 
It's just a visual. It's a better. It's a better versus taking a picture through your text. Oh yeah, it's a way easier format because I I hit it and I send it and it's there and it doesn't sit in the text string. It goes away in ten seconds. Like it's just it's a much it's a much smoother process in communication with over Snapchat than it is over text. Okay. I'm not sure I can agree but it's with just that. A mess- it's just a messaging app for me, though. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't consume any of the Snapchat content. And I think that for a lot of people, that's what it is. Yeah, because when I had it, it was like 100% of the messages that I got were just like, you know, I have not seen a dancing dog with a clown suit. But it was equivalent to that. It's like. Right, but, like but, but so, like, part, you have to kind of understand that part of that is like us having a conversation. And me showing you something funny on my computer, right? Like part of that is an actual, like a, f- a f- friendly conversation that it doesn't bring any actual value. You're right. But right. it does bring value because it builds a communication base between us as friends. So like if I see, uh, like I, I, like I saw a, a Toyota Prius with the, I drive this Prius to buy more guns sticker, right? Yeah. Like that would go out to like everybody in my Snapchat. Does that really add any value? No, no, but like, I want to share it with all these people that I know will think it's funny, which is what people do on Instagram too, right? And Facebook. No, because I'm sending it directly to these people. I'm literally just taking it. I'm taking a picture, right? I take a picture of this and I hit send and I collect, select all the people I want to send it to and it sends to them. It would be just like sending individual text messages to 20 people with this. Ha ha. Look at this funny picture. But it's yeah. just a smoother version of that. Hmm. I don't know. It's a much, I, I, it's a much I, I, more I, functional the, version of that. A functional version of texting. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to. I don't know. I'm looking at it through the lens of why the hell am I getting all this shit during the day? So. And I guess that also you have to you have to curate who you are friends with, right? Like I'm not friends with a bunch of people that send a bunch of dumb shit all day. Yeah. Like I'm. It, Pretty much if I get a Snapchat from you, it's something that you know that I would think is funny or something that, you know, I think would in- is interesting or you're sharing part of your day with me. Like, yeah. I don't I don't have a lot of people. I probably talk to maybe 10 people total regularly. Yeah. Um, and it's all like if I get something, it's worth it. OK, so you have to curate your friend group, right? Yeah. Whereas like on Facebook. I mean, how many fucking friends do you have on Facebook? I don't, I zero, I don't, I use Facebook for nothing. Um, b- but it, I have to log on to Facebook to get to um, the business Facebook page. And yeah. I have, I have scrolled for maybe 30 seconds and been like, how do people actually use this? Like, I have zero interest in anything that comes up on there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I use Facebook because I have a lot of organizations and businesses that are tied to the account, which, stupid i wish it was a better way of doing it but everything has to tie to your personal account which i'm trying to understand No, there's a page yeah it does but there's a page manager that you can download and you don't have to do anything on your personal account oh really yeah yeah i haven't used that yet oh, so we're at a fucking hour eight minutes we're talking about nothing i'm <laughs> i'm convincing martin that snapchat's not stupid and and the final thing about personal productivity that i didn't talk about is you know make sure that you surround yourself with people that are productive yeah because you're constantly learning from each other you know, yeah, like Martin's of, constantly learning that Snapchat's not dumb. <laughs> you haven't convinced me of that. That's so. fair. All right. We're caught. That's an end. That's a wrap. I can't even find my mouse box. <laughs> <laughs>